What's going on, everyone? This is Go Along with Dunn and Monus, part of GoLongTD.com. I'm Tyler Dunn here with longtime NFL scout, former director of Pushing Out for the Buffalo Bills, current XFL director of football ops. I really do need to start the show with the titles, Jim, because I, I just assume everybody knows the greatness that is Jim Monus when I say, you know what happens when you, when you assume. Kind of make an ass of yourself. So, all right, here he is, Jim Monas. Good to see you. No, I, you hired me to make an ass out of go. I make an ass out of myself every time. <laughs> That's why you hired me. So this is great. That's the only title that really matters, Tyler. The Go Long podcast with you. And then I love how you started this. I, I love the article today on Daniel Jones. So whenever you're ready to get into it, I have some good stuff. But this is the week now. This is when these are the two weeks we've been waiting for. So it is, it is. And, and I should uh, definitely note that we're here at Fatty Beer Company. Um, get on in, tons of seasonal beers for you to try out. I'm looking at all the advent calendars. So even though you won't be drinking a beer a day through December, just make it January. So get on in, buy yourself a box. Uh, but yes, Jim, uh, I think that's the topic du jour. Um, Daniel Jones, it's just, he's, so, he's such a, I guess the impetus for today's story at Go Long T, I count for our subscribers. So definitely upgrade uh, if, if you're not a subscriber. I think it's worth it. Talk to a lot of people that, that know Daniel Jones. I've studied this game. It's just so fascinating to me, Jim, because this can really go any direction. Still, still, four years into this, I feel like we had a similar conversation around Baker Mayfield too at times. But you know, four years into this for Daniel Jones – and you can talk yourself into he's worth 2023 and beyond. He's worth a three year deal. He's worth being the guy because he has the Giants eight, six and one. He's, you know, played through a, like a bloody hand in London to beat the Packers. He made big time throws to beat Washington. He had the Giants right at the doorstep of a comeback win against the Vikings. You can talk yourself into it. And I have, and I've also done the, the, the diametric opposite of this all and thinking, no, <laughs> this is a, a, another one of Gettleman's mistakes. He fell in quote unquote full bloom love at the Dan Senior Bowl. Um, Brian Dayball is, is maxing him out. This is as good as it gets for Daniel Jones. They, they've got to move on that, you know, when he gets a little pressure in his face, the play ends when really that's when the play starts for the greats like Justin Herbert. I, I get all that too. I think what it comes down to, and I don't want to jump the gun on all the different angles we're going to take, but like when you watch the New York Giants, you either think, okay, th- th- this is a case of uh, an offensive mastermind and Brian Tapeball just squeezing the orange, getting every last drip of juice that he can out of out of Daniel Jones, or you look at it and say, holy hell, like that wide receiver room was evacuated. I mean, Isaiah Hodgins. But God bless his soul. I had a great conversation with him. It's here on the podcast feed. He's a, he's a good player who deserves to be on an NFL roster. He's the go-to guy. I mean, they just – it was he couldn't even get on the field in Buffalo. Um, the, the, the offensive line, which was atrocious the last couple of years, is still not very good. So you can say, all right, we'll give him some weapons. Go sign some guys. Let, let's see what you have in the quarterback when you do that. So um, – I've got I've got some thoughts, but let's go to the expert first because you've been in this position, Jim. You've, you've tried to navigate this this quarterback decision 
you know, several times over, um, as somebody who's calloused and weathered and gray in the beard over this decision, what, what say you? This is, this is the nightmare of front offices. It really is because like, I love how you said it for four years, they've tried to figure this out. We really don't know. They don't know. They know more about how he's handling the team, the leadership, the playbook, all that, which seems good. Here's what we like. Here's what I like about Daniel Jones. Toughness, like you mentioned, he's really tough. Speed is incredible. He is one of the fastest, most playmaker quarterbacks with his legs we have in the NFL right now. Arm looks good. I can't figure out why. Here we go. This is where it gets bad. For the stats that I care about, yards per play. 23rd third down conversions 23rd first half differential point differential for the giants they're 25th or 26th tyler that's terrible like if that's your goal from a first round quarterback those are stats that quarterbacks matter those these stats are proven these are winning team stats and basically to me he's fooling the giants are fooling themselves that they think he is the guy He's had enough chances, big games, right? How many times have we said, this is the week, this is the, the Giants are going to show us this week. Oh, how about this stat? This year they played five teams above 500. They're one and four. So you can go, like you said, you can spin this any way you want. I don't think he's a terrible player at all. I think he is that, when, when I rank guys, when you rank quarterbacks and you're in that 18 to 30 range, right? That's a shuffle, throw them up in the air, take them however you want. Bottom line, probably not good enough. You better have, if your quarterback's going to be ranked like that or those where your stats are on offense, your defense better be elite. What's terrible on the Giants? Defense. So this team has some smoke and mirrors to it for sure. Credit to them for the team for buying in the table. They're getting everything they can out of them. I think they are really far away. And I get that. I really do. This is a roster that just isn't that talented. It really isn't. You made some um, great points to, to, in Daniel Jones' defense. That receiving core isn't good. Um, it decimated for sure. Um, obviously they have Barkley, but I just, it's, it, it's hard if you have to keep making excuses for a quarterback. Right. Hey, you're saying I, I if this happens and if that happens and if this. It's, it's that game. It's that, that merry-go-round with Daniel Jones. I, I, I mean, in, which is, do you really want to be a running back-centric offense? Where are the Tennessee Titans? I mean, they, they have the best back in the game in Derrick Henry. 6'3", 247, straight out of a comic book. The guy's a beast. He, <laughs> he ran for 2,000 yards. You built a good defense. You have a good line. You have a pretty good quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. And what happened? You, you lost to... Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, and Joe Burrow. And now you might not even make the playoffs. And now you're probably going to have to blow the thing up. So, it, that, I mean, that's a decision onto itself. Like, what do you do with Saquon Barkley? But all we know of Daniel Jones is operating out of that kind of offense, that kind of run first, you know, quarterback boots, some, some trickeration here or there, all that. I mean, I think earlier this season when, when they're 6-1, and one, you noted, like when you start doing the direct snaps to, to a running back, that kind of is a telltale sign. Um, to play devil's advocate, uh, it, it was it was bad. I mean, it was really bad before this season for Daniel Jones. I mean, Joe freaking Judge. I mean, maybe it ends there, right? That's your head coach. 
this this Neanderthal buffoon is calling quarterback sneaks on third nine to Jake Fromm and does not know much at all about offensive football was in over his head. And your your big ticket signing is Kenny Galladay, who just has been a train wreck signing. The offensive line, Chris Sims, who I really respect, has been on the show. I mean, he said, look, people say they have a bad offensive line, and it's like a throwaway line. He's like, no, they were by far the worst offensive line in football the last three years, and now they're just kind of okay. Um, to me, I think that – I think there's a needle thread because, as Rich Gannon said, all right, you don't want the Andrew Jones, like, what's the alternative? And I want to hear yours in a second because I'm thinking if you're the Giants, you know, you you, you can and you can use that – Blake Bortles, I mean, things went south for him fast after this deal. But it, it maybe that's the telltale sign as well, right, Jim? But after he took the Jaguars to the AFC Championship game at the 11th hour, the Jags gave him a three-year deal that was like a, you know, a middling contract where you're not, like, looking at the market and going above the next guy. Like, that, that, that second, third tier, there are some deals you can look at. I think the equivalent on Track. Uh, Mike Giudetti does a fantastic job. He lives here in West New York, actually. He he looked at the equivalent in today's market to that deal. It'd be three years, 66 mil. Reasonable, right? I think that's very reasonable. Then you can go spend. Then you can be aggressive. Do You have to somehow just do what the Eagles did. I mean, that's the part of the Eagles. Be aggressive. Trade a first for a stud receiver. You know, draft the right receiver. Let's not forget that they, they got Devontae Smith. Because they were smart enough to lose that game that Joe Judge was all mad about the year before, which is hilarious. Um, but th- th- you just, go get talent. Build, as Sim said, build a fucking team. Build a team. And I see, I see you're nervous because you're probably thinking, shit, we did that with EJ. Um, you know, in theory, thinking, you know, we get him Sammy, do this, do that, and you know, that chicken before the egg thing. Is it? Is it the supporting cats or is it the quarterback? To me, Daniel Jones has shown enough for Joe Shane and Brian Dayball to say, look, it's going to be a lot easier for us to go get weapons and give Jones, you know, a reasonable deal than it is to, you know, what are you going to do? Trade three first-round picks to get Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, do something crazy on draft day? Are you going to try to find the next Deshaun Watson and throw around guaranteed money like it's Monopoly money? I don't know what that alternative is. I really don't. Um, so I think that that needle to thread is, okay, you give Jones that deal, you keep hunting for quarterbacks, maybe you draft a guy in the second or third round and Dayball develops for a year or two, and then you see where it goes. But you, but I, I haven't been, you know, a uh, director of personnel like my co-host here. So, Jim, let us know. <laughs> all right. So I just spent that last segment. I was just – I said all the reasons I don't believe he's the guy. What I would do – is do everything I could to keep them under, under, under my terms. Yeah. As far as it's, it's got to be a win for the Giants to keep him. If it matches whoever, so what you do in this situation, right? Because they didn't pick up his option, right? They, I don't no, they no, did. they did not. Right. So he'll be entered. He's, he's an unrestricted free agent. Yep. Yeah. So if you can keep him at your at your your price, you you got to do it because um, obviously you're going to be in the playoffs with him. But you have to remember, we talked about this with the playoffs. You have to be very careful as using that as your gauge on where you're at as a franchise. Because eight, six, and one, what they are right now, that 
that could easily flip to six, eight, and one. You know, could and and we could be talking if it was six, eight, and one, and they weren't going to make the playoffs right now. We'd be like, bye, bye, Daniel Jones. But eight, six, and one sneaking into the playoffs, you're okay with. So basically, what I'm saying is, I would try to keep them um, as long as it doesn't destroy you financially and what you're trying to build. Um, but you have to have a plan to compete, somebody to compete with him. If they don't think Tyrod is, which Tyrod's not the answer either, bring in somebody and, and let that be a challenge, at least for Daniel Jones and draft one. I mean, you have to go full board. You have to go full go now to, to find the right quarterback. And they may have a guy they're going to target. We don't even know that. You know, we don't know what their plan is. We're looking at like, people, I mean, that's perfectly said. And I think if we're trying to figure out how Joe Shane is going to mm-hmm. kind of navigate this decision, I mean, he was in Buffalo. Um, yet he had the benefit. I mean, Sean McDermott, Brandon Bean, Joe Shane, everybody had the benefit of, okay, they, they went and competed. They ended the drought, you know, after firing you and right. Doug. Right. Um, that first round pick was in the back pocket. He had Cordy Glenn as a trade chip. They were able to shimmy their way up to seven because of that ammo. I don't know where that ammo exists for the Giants if you're going to take the big swing and try to move up. But they don't really yeah. have it. I mean, who would you even who would you even dangle in a trade? I mean, you missed the boat on Saquon Barkley. We talked about in the middle of the season that it's hard to trade an MVP candidate, right? I mean, he was playing out of his mind, but. You know, the wheels kind of fell off there. Um, he hasn't been the same player the second half of the season. So that, that could have been something that helped you, you know, move up in the draft. But, that, but they, they don't have that option. So to your point, I think that we're kind of reaching the same conclusion where you find a way to keep Daniel Jones because what, what what's the plan B? What's the alternative? I mean, is there another veteran that can hit the market or, or be available via trade that's different than Daniel Jones? I don't think so. Right? I, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think Daniel Jones over Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, I can see them being the same dudes. That goes back to my I'm not you can't argue that, right? I would never argue either way. You can make an argument for either guy. Yeah. To me, it's the same guy. It's almost like everybody was joking around about Jeff Saturday was going from, you know, from Matt Ryan to Nick Foles. Like, what what are we doing here? You know, it's the same guy. Um at this point. Yeah. I just feel like the Giants would know. I, I haven't looked into their situation enough salary cap, free agency. I haven't looked into all that. So I don't want to sit there and act like I have a plan for the Giants. But what they need, what they're doing right now is they have a plan. And they're probably some, if the plan is to move on from Daniel Jones, that's scary. So that's why I think you'd be, you'd be, this is crazy. You're probably going to think I'm crazy. If you could keep Jones at your price, but you can't overpay for Barkley. Does no. that make sense? And I'm not trying to take anything away from Barkley, but you said it best earlier with Derrick Henry. What's that going to get you? And and, it, and the Tennessee, the reason Tennessee's been so good the last couple of years, they were loaded at receiver, loaded at tight end, loaded on defense, average quarterback. Giants, they're not good on defense. So to me, my biggest, if I'm Joe Shane, I'm keeping Daniel Jones. I'm going to have a plan in place at quarterback. Compete, you know, hopefully draft one and bring one in. 
but I'm building that defense because I may have hit a home run on that defensive end from Oregon. Now I'm building that defense. Build, build, build that defense. Keep trying to get that quarterback figured out. Keep Jones if you can. You know you can compete with Jones. Can he take a step and get better with, you know, more talent around him? Just don't overpay for him. If Barkley leaves, that should free up some ability to, you know, for you to get better on defense. I'm just big on that defense. I would go hard on defense if I was the Giants. Keep Daniel Which, Jones and get a competition. Perfectly said. I mean, Philly, that's kind of – Philly, they, 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 they went ahead and they kept drafting and signing D-linemen. They kept taking swings at wide receiver. Um, you know, your old pal, Howie Roseman, boy, he, he whiffed bad twice in a row, missing out on D.K. Metcalf and Justin Jefferson for total bust, but – it didn't stop him from driving Devontae Smith. It, it, it didn't stop him from training for A.J. Brown. The Giants, they've got to get creative there, too, right? I mean, they, they need a weapon, something out wide. Um, I don't know where you look. Everybody's in the same boat. I mean, Jacksonville's going to be aggressive, I think, to try to get Trevor Lawrence a, a, a star as well. I, that's pretty spicy. I, I want to ask you this, though, too. I mean, ownership is another element of this where – uh, you you live that too, and and Terry Pagula, you know he loved Patrick Mahomes. He let you guys know that very very early, and you you went through the process. And when push came to shove, he didn't stick his nose in there and demand that something happen. You know you guys executed the trade, we're let go. Sorry, you're here with me, Jim. And then they take Josh yeah. Allen the next year. No, it was good. Where we know John Mara, hey, yeah, that was a big part of our series last year as well with the autopsy. They. Their fingerprints are all over this organization. His brother is right atop the masthead. Chris Mara, I mean, he's the, what, the VP of player personnel. Um, and he's a part of the ownership group. They got the nephew that's right atop the player personnel part of the front office. Masthead there, sitting next to Joe Shane in the suite. He says family does, is involved with football decisions and... It's pretty nonsensical when you just really see how the team is built. And Chris is sitting in on these interviews with the GMs. I don't know if I – should I say this, Jim, with Chris? The message that I got on Christmas. It's been a year, right? It's been a year. You, it must be your yearly, your yearly hammer on the, the, the Giants' <laughs> ownership. Well, they, they were so nice to you. Tyler, they were so nice to you after that, that story you wrote last year. I mean – when you've got the bullshit radar up and you smell bullshit, I mean, you just try to call it's not true. You know, you call balls and strikes. And when it's not one person detailing the work environment out of Gettleman and Co., but rather a dozen, I mean, you listen. Um, but yeah, yeah, Christmas Day last year, I'll tell our podcast listeners, Chris, uh, I mean, purporting to be Chris Mara, uh, on LinkedIn, it, I have no reason to think that this account isn't legit. We aren't connected on LinkedIn. But I, I got a message via email, so went out of his way to directly send me a message, even though we aren't connected. Quote, when you – this is on Christmas Day, Christmas night, actually, it's 6.09 p.m. Quote, when you use the word alleged in you bullshit story, comma, right away you are a phony. The only asshole that should be alleged in this story is you and perhaps not alleged. So there's – there's Chris checking in, um, and then, and then if we could, if we could just say, if we could have the next, I wish we had like a Sports Center clip right now, like 
Giants fired Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge right after that article, right after he said to hire people outside of the organization, which was the whole point of the series. You need fresh minds to make these big decisions like deciding whether or not Daniel Jones is your quarterback. That's the whole point, right? You need you need proven decision makers and evaluators who have been there. Look, Joe Shane, you were on the road. You saw him out there. Like I always bring up Matt Fairburn's excellent story. This dude is like lived out of a freaking Marriott most of his adult life just studying these players on the road. He, give me eyeballs who have been on the game nonstop. Um, that they have that now. They have a a head coach in Brian Dayball who checks every box. So yes, the Giants did the right thing. I'm just saying, I mean, we don't the fingerprints all over this this team. The, the ownership's fingerprints are all, are still all over this team and we don't know how that's going to factor into these big decisions yet. You'd hope that they would just leave Shane and Dave all alone to navigate this all, but you never really know. Yeah, that's the hope, that they leave those two alone. I would hope that Joe, Shane, and Dable, I would hope they went into this. Take. I would hope Joe accepted this position as general manager, knowing they wouldn't get involved. Because to me, that's your one shot if you're Joe Shane. He's worked his whole career to be the GM. You need to make sure that it's on, you know, I, if it's on my terms, you know, if it's going to be my pick, I want it to be my pick. Now, obviously, you're the owner, and I need to know as the GM, are you going to trump me on draft day? Because I just need to know that. And if you are, that's your right. I just need to be prepared for that. If there's somebody you want, let me know. Obviously, we can take them. I don't know if I'd want to take that job, though, if I'm joking. I don't know if I'd want to be a GM for a team where the owner said, yeah, I probably will get involved. You'd like to think things got so bad so fast, and that met, I've seen it at MetLife Stadium. I mean, they tried to give Dave Gettleman this like this this, this, this hero's oh, exit, was, you know? They tried to like, like and, and I mean, the fans weren't having it. The, the place is should have done it half empty, and they're going the hell out of them. And what's that? They should have done that for Jared Reese. Yeah, that's some duty one in Super Bowl. You know, two un, two Super Bowls unceremoniously. And that's who you replaced. You replaced Jerry Reese with, with him. That's unacceptable. So, uh, the, the state that this team was really left into financially when they finally did fire him. I mean, retirement. Get the hell out of here with this. Verbal. By the way, it's almost a mutually parted of ways season, right? When these head coaches and teams usually part ways where we're upon that seat. I just picture like, you know, a 1940s movie with people dancing, holding hands, and then just, just wafting, sifting opposite directions. That's how it goes. But mutually parting ways. I mean, it's fire him. Just call for what it is. <laughs> well, I can tell you, we were, for us, we walked in the building that day when we got fired, I told you, I told the story before, but it literally was like, I think I was in there for maybe 15 minutes. We walked in, sat there. The Pagulas told Doug we were being fired. Doug told us. Then, you know, HR comes in, reads everything official. And we walked out. Doug and I were, I drove home with Doug back to downtown Buffalo. And we were just trying to find what bar was open at about uh, 8 a.m. on a, on a Sunday morning. And we did find one. Um, Right. Wasn't that yeah. when the picture with Tim Murray kind of went viral with Doug? You were in the bathroom. Wait, say it again. Wasn't there the? Was that the the day that picture of Doug Whaley and oh, Tim Murray went viral? That was, so that you were in was the Austria. 
I think that was the actual next day because we got yeah. we fired on. It might have been that Monday. It might have been that actual after. I think it was the day after. But um, I yes, I do remember. I know I got lucky. I was in the bathroom when Doug and Tim Murray oh, got great me. picture. I love it. The three firings <laughs> of. Uh, <laughs> But anyway, I know they had a point somewhere, but yeah, like so. Got him in when yeah, he was let go, like the, the, the financial ruins. Oh, yeah, no, it's just no. Joe Judge, Gettleman, thanks, shake hands, bye. Um, I'm that's going to be one of the more fascinating off seasons, will be the Giants because it's I'm, I'm always fascinated by the teams that I don't want to call them, I don't want to ever use that. I know we said kind of fraud, not frauds. But maybe, like I said, maybe not as good as their record. Or or their record isn't masking what needs to happen to build this thing correctly. And that's the key. And I give the Bills credit too. They didn't they that that playoff appearance, that was unbelievable. Incredible coaching job. They did a nice job with, you know, getting the roster, you know, manageable how he wanted it that year. But after that year, if you look, they were they kept cleaning, kept cleaning. You know, they didn't do it all at once. They got rid of their initial guys they didn't want, the Sammies, the Darbies. And then and then Brandon Bean and McDermott kind of worked their, you know, they really worked their guys in that they wanted after that year in the playoffs. And then obviously Josh's, you know, his his uh, ability to get better is what made everything good. But I don't know. I just I don't like to knock Daniel Jones because I do see some good in him. Like I was trying to point out the things I liked, but those other things have to be better. Like that's th- those are drastically low, low stats. It's, it is really similar. I mean, and, and you guys made good draft picks and, and made some good signings, but I think that when they took over, like they looked at it as, oh my god, we have to get out of this Marcel Darius contract. We have to get out of. Um, and got shady right away. We went around, we saw some juice left. Um, but they're, they're, they, they tried to like create the team in their image, I guess, like a lot of new teams would. So the Giants are kind of doing the same thing. And but, but the thing is, how are we talking about the Bills if they don't if they don't get Josh Allen, right? Like, I'm with you. He makes with everything better. So yeah, the Giants could do all this other stuff, but you do need a, you you need a stud quarterback at some point. I mean, I'd say two things. If, if Josh Allen didn't take that step, I really don't think Sean or Brandon would be here right now. Um, like, I think that would have happened. Like, you know, the next thing, though, the Giants. I'm trying to think how to say this with Jones. But you can't, you can't hope. Here's the Giants did this year. Dable proved, and Joe Shane, they proved they can work together and get this thing heading in the right direction. They've earned street cred right off the stop, you know, because this team isn't that good. They're 8-6-1. They're going to make the playoffs. So as a coach, you're like, okay. You're really counting out Jeff Saturday, by the way. You're not giving Jeff Saturday much love. I mean, they got to deal with – they got to deal with Saturday. If we know anything about Saturday-led ball club, they're probably going to lay over and die, so you're absolutely right. I can't take it seriously. Who's starting for the Colts at quarterback this week? They got to be bringing somebody else, some veteran. Um, Why do you have fun with it? Just like go, I don't know. Go sign Tebow. People, people would watch. People would care. Who cares? Right? Who cares? Yeah. 
But anyway, I'm sorry. They, Dable, Dable and Joe Shane are feeling pretty safe right now. They just bought themselves probably four or five years of, hey, you guys know what you're doing. We're going to leave you alone. Like they came in and got this team pointed right direction. So now they need this. This will be their big offseason coming up. Last year was to stop the bleeding, basically. Come in. Let's get it. Let's stop the bleeding. They did that. Exceeded expectations. This offseason will be the one. That's a great point. I think that, I mean, Amara and Tish, they don't, they don't want to go through head coaches. I mean, nobody does, but they, the Giants really don't want to. And that's why they were seriously considering empowering Joe Judge, right, and get him his retirement. And he would have been empowered if um, Kevin Abrams becomes the GM, which is crazy to think. But they fell so flat on their face, they had no choice but to get rid of him. So, I mean, it just goes to show, like, they weren't – head coaches and GMs in place for a long time. Um, I think you're right. What they showed this year is they're going to be here at four or five. That's probably right. And that's what happens. And you can go sign Daniel Jones for that three-year deal for 66 mil and know, okay, even if this completely just is a train wreck of a deal and, you know, he turns into a pumpkin and it doesn't work out, like, they're not going to be fussed. Like, they'll, 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 have, they'll still have a chance to go draft the guy or be their guy. I mean, we – you think, <laughs> but or, I, I, I do think that give Giants ownership that. I think that they would, they wouldn't just bail on this team or this coach if, because I'm sure that Mara wants Daniel Jones too. He's probably let them know. So that 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 second bite of the apple will be there eventually for the same people. Or you don't pay Saquon Barkley or Daniel Jones and turn it over to Lamar Jackson. Give all those first round picks and sign Lamar. I'm just kidding. It's not even crazy to try to paint those scenarios because we've seen it. I mean, look at the last two years. Who would have thought that we, we would have seen some of the trades and some of the signings and some of the moves that, that we've seen? It's been crazy. Uh, it really has. So anything's on the table, right? Anything. Why not entertain it? Anything. When you're searching for a quarterback, it's all on the table. So do you, I mean, do you think that they're a threat to win one or two playoff games at all? No. I can see it happening. I yeah, I, I see them winning. All right, let me take this back. It's the NFL. So that would be like me asking you, do you think Houston can beat Jacksonville this week? Well, I really thought the Lions were going to thump Carolina, so maybe I shouldn't even talk. Well, that's my point. Who knows? Anybody can beat anybody. So, yes, my thing would be, no, I don't see the Giants winning a playoff game. Could they? Sure. I mean, who are they? Are they supposed to play? Are they kind of lined up yet or not? I don't even look at the matchups, but. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, there's still a lot up in the air, I think, but. Yeah. Colts will probably beat the the Giants this week. uh, Right. Then we're going to have to (laughs) repod. Jeff Saturday, the Giants are going to fire Dave. We'll hire Saturday. Okay, we'll get more messages from Chris, who's listening intensely to every word. Um, all right, Bills Bengals, kind of a big ball going, right? You're going to. This is the game I wanted to hear about from you. Yeah, yep. So, um, bright and early, Saturday morning. So get done with this podcast, post it. We've got a little uh, Christmas gathering at our house. Um. A lot of folks coming to the house, so Gino's at hard at work getting the house ready. Got that, and then I'm gonna wake up at four, I think, hit the road to Cincinnati, 
sitting down with a player there, which should be uh, should be fascinating. I don't want to give too much away, but this guy's got a, a really interesting story. And thanks to all of our Bengal fans who subscribed to, to go along. It's been really cool to see. I'm telling you, there, there are a lot of Bengal fans, man. I, I was blown away. You know, we had the, the feature on Chidabe Ouzier for uh, the season and Joe Burrow and just waves of Bengal fans. Um, so yes, it's going to be, it's going to be a big game, Jim. Can't wait. I have a live podcast with Paul Denner Jr. Uh, at a brewery. So head out to 50 West Brewing if you have the opportunity there in Cincinnati. Um, it should be a lot of fun. And then yeah, the game Monday night, which is going to really decide a hell of a lot. I mean, Buffalo could be the one. They could be the three. This game could really decide that. And I think you want teams coming through Orchard Park, especially when it's, you know, snowing 80 inches at a time. And you know how to at least live in that world. <laughs> it's an incredible appetizer for the playoffs. It is. It is. All right, brother. Great to see you. Um, let's do this in person very, very soon. And everybody out there, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Most of all, thank you for subscribing. So subscribe. Uh, make it an annual. And we'll send you a first signed copy of The Blood and Guts. Thanks, everyone.